0: The Web's Michael Smith. It is episode 150 of Kane's Cast, and I have one question for you. And what is that? Are you stuffed yet?
1: Ah, I can't wait to stuff myself this week. I've always enjoyed Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's, it's one of the best holidays because you just eat food. Watch football.
2: This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. Wow,
1: early on this one, huh? I had to get that one out of the way early because it's
0: a Thanksgiving episode. He's going to be thankful that we're doing an episode this week, and there's going to be a lot of hockey involved in it because we put it out to you, the fine listeners here of Canes Cast, to give us questions that you wanted answered around Thanksgiving or just any questions, period. And that's what we're going to do here
1: today. You know what I'm thankful for? I'm going to go with Storm Brew. Yes, you are correct. Because why? It is the official beer of the Carolina Hurricanes and the proud sponsor of CanesCast. At just 97 calories and 2.4 carbs per serving, it's the perfect brew for all occasions. Absolutely. It is crispy. It is a light, refreshing
0: lager. Cannot wait for people to be enjoying it at PNC Arena. When we are able to come back, we'll all be thankful for that. And, of course, you can pick it up at any of your favorite local grocery stores or Costco, and if they don't carry it, Ask for it by name. That is Storm Brew from our good
1: friends at R&D Brewing. It's delicious. It's crushable. And maybe most importantly, it's crispy. Crispy. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thanks to Storm Brew. We're thankful for them. What else are you uh, thankful for this Thanksgiving season?
0: I'm thankful, honestly, Michael, that uh, we have been able to come back and do podcasts and continue to talk about hockey. Uh, Thankful for this. Uh, thankful for the the most part uh, about my family's health through everything that's been going on. Uh, for my wife, who has, I actually let's get that right.
1: You're thankful for for, who?
0: um, yeah, that she has uh, not been affected by what's been going on. I know so many people have been, uh, and we're thankful. And I know I can speak for you. I'll I'll take this one as well. We're thankful for everybody who has displayed interest in our little podcast here that you keep tuning in and that, you know, when we see you out, you know, you will say five stars, best friends, or how's the webs, Michael Smith, uh, for things like that. This is a podcast we hope a few fans would enjoy. And, uh, a lot of you have and continue to enjoy it. So I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful that we're able to be here and do this uh, ahead of Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday.
1: Yeah. it We, we both do many different things for the organization, but I think most of all, when we see people out and about, the number one thing they mention is the podcast. Yeah. And it, it always, um, it's kind of surprising, but it's it's awesome because uh, this is one of uh, my favorite parts of the job, getting to come here every week and uh, lay down an, an hour's worth of chatting with you and uh, chatting about the team and, and talking to people about hockey and, yep. and life. And um, it's just a great time. And to, and to know that, that you guys, the listeners, enjoy uh, what we put together every week, for the most part, at least, yes. is uh, is
0: uh, is nice and rewarding. Anything else outside of the game or,
1: or the job or what we do? Well, I think we all have to be thankful for you know our health yep. this, uh, this year especially. Yes. Um, and you know when we when we look at a year like twenty twenty, it's been terrible. Yeah. Twenty twenty, it's been terrible. It's been terrible, and it's almost over, which is great. But at the same time, I think there is plenty. To look back on and, and be thankful for as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting to spend more time with our loved ones, yeah. whether it's uh, just because we're working from home or, um, you know, during quarantine, that's been nice. Um, well, being in quarantine isn't nice, but being
0: able to spend time. Correct. Like, folks, this hasn't happened in humanity in centuries where you, you get to be around your kids for a prolonged period of time or your family or, you know, your your significant other. So yes, I know that there has been some drawback and there's been a lot of people who can complain about it, but I'm, I'm with Michael on this one. I'll choose to look at the positive that we, we got out of this. Yeah. I
1: think you have to, you have to take the positive from what's been, um, just a complete left turn of a year. You yes. know, well, one that you look back on and, uh, you look back on our episodes in, in, January and February and, and even early March. And we're just cruising along like, like we, we do, any other time of the year Uh, and then all of a sudden things change and they changed in an instant and um, we didn't really have much time to to process it or uh, to uh, really wrestle with it at all we kind of had to do that uh, in our own separate ways but I think when you look back on this year yeah it's um, it's been not a great year but uh, I think we, we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, and for us, I'm thankful to be doing this podcast uh, with you. I'm Absolutely. thankful that, that uh, everyone listens and, and tunes in every week. And uh, we hope to keep doing it for as long as they let us.
0: That's pretty much the bottom line. And uh, again, the highlight of, of my job for you know, people ask, what are the things that we do a lot of cool things, but getting the ability to do this podcast, they let us have... Uh, Kind of free reign over everything that yeah. comes with it. Uh, some people understand sponsors. Some people don't. We love sponsors. The more sponsors you can get for us, the happier we'll be.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll pedal anything. Yeah.
0: Well, almost anything. Yeah, almost anything. We'll put <laughs> pump the brakes on that one a little yeah. bit. But uh, at the same time, I love the fact, and I'm thankful that, that this podcast has kind of also, and we hope you folks who listen notice it with the interviews, yeah, it's kind of our job on the interview line but it's far more relaxed than if we're in the locker room after a practice asking about a game or things like that it's you can actually get a little bit more into the personal side of of folks lives and and what's been going on here but this podcast is also and this is what I really am glad when people report back to us on why they like it when we get to talk to people like Doug Bennett, Bill Berniston, Mike Sundheim, Pace Sagister, the the folks behind the scenes uh, for this organization and get a an in-depth look with them. You know, we did a deep dive with Trip Tracy, which he dug in. It's a free promo for Trip, but <laughs> there's promos everywhere for him if you're on social media. But it's the ability to take a podcast and you can talk a little bit longer. It's a little bit more free form than just the standard what you get in a interview session that's going to show up on the web or show up on a, a TV screen or even a radio hit.
1: Yeah. Cause when you're in a, a media scrum, uh, you know, whether it's after a practice or after a morning skate or after a game, there's, there's only so much that the players are going to say yeah. no matter what you throw at them. Uh, but getting them or anyone else in the organization into a more relaxed setting where you're just having a conversation is I think uh, incredibly rewarding and insightful. At times, too. Um, some of my favorite episodes that we've done have been just the deep dive interviews with, uh, you know, with Trip Tracy, with Paul Kropelka, uh, who has moved on to work in the front office with yeah. the Florida Panthers. Congratu- uh, congratulations to him yes. for that assistant GM role. And by the way, that's still one of my favorite episodes to go back and listen to. Yeah, he's he, he was great. Um but, but getting that different side of, of people and, and, and maybe exposing you, the listener, to uh, someone who you might not know so well, who does a lot behind the scenes but uh, doesn't get a lot of attention uh, maybe on the front page. So it's it's good to um, – this format allows for some free-flowing conversations, yep. uh, for some for deeper dives into topics, um, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun for me and – uh, hopefully it's fun for you all, too, to to listen and enjoy.
0: And uh, I want to start off early because normally uh, we take a while to get this. I'm thankful for the listeners who provide this. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Because 99.9% of the time, the Web's Michael Smith does not have one of these prepared.
1: Which is remarkable because it's a weekly segment. You know it's going. And I just refuse to put the work in. <laughs> that's the, the troublesome part to me. in the whole segment was your idea. Yeah that's true. Yeah, way back in like episode I don't know five or something.
0: Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I sit here as soon as Kane's cast is done. I'm like, oh, I've got to come up with a like and keep it for <laughs> or do Monday. <laughs> no, but around <laughs> Sunday I'm like, I should have one and that's usually around you know noon. And by 12.02, I usually have one.
1: Yeah. sometimes the, the minimal effort is put into it. Sometimes inspiration strikes, and sometimes it's nowhere to be found. All
0: right. Well, I, I have one for you. Okay. And it's along the lines of, of hockey, and we'll have a couple that you can steal that yes. are out there from our listeners. I plan to. But we're going to get this a lot. We're going to get this in question form. But the like it, keep it I have for you comes along the lines of we're going to see an NHL regular season game before
1: February of 2021. I will take it. Uh, partly because I'm hopeful that that's the the situation, because I think we could all use uh, a little hockey in our lives. I mean, look, it's... And th- I said
0: regular season game, so there's yeah. a bit of a yeah, wiggle room there. I, I think
1: preseason this year at most is going to be two games. If that. If that. Which is great. More of that, please. Um yeah, I'm. I'm hopeful that we're going to see regular season hockey before February. To you know, again, partly because you know it, it's Thanksgiving. We're used to talking about yep. being a month and a half into the season by now. Uh, maybe you see some trends starting to form and everything. I actually went back. I actually did do some uh, uh some research before coming in, record the podcast this morning. I listened to uh, to last year's Thanksgiving podcast and. Well, Shane Willis dropped in at the end of it randomly, um, but yeah, there there were certain patterns and and trends uh, that you started seeing uh, come about from the Hurricanes, and I miss actually getting to to talk about hockey because that's yeah. that's the reason we we started this podcast so we could talk about hockey. Yeah, we do. This is a a hockey team after all. Um, and when so- we talk hockey, it makes
2: this is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. So
0: much happier with us. Yeah. He's going to be happy, I think so far.
1: Should be. Maybe he better be. Better be thankful for this podcast. Yeah, because we're thankful for him and his friendship. Exactly. Uh Good But yeah, it. I I you know, personally I hope that we have hockey by then and I also think from a practical standpoint that uh hockey the, the drop of the puck in sometime in January, I think makes the most sense. Yeah. Will it be January 1? I, I don't know. It's time's kind of running out on that. Yeah. Um. But you, middle of January, late January is is totally a possibility. They put a target date out there to
0: have something to hit, to have something to aim for. And when I say they, the commissioner's office, the front office of the NHL, the National the league. National Hockey League, the league, put out that date, and it would be swell if we hit it but it's one of these things where again it's not the league and the players this isn't a labor issue between the two sides where in the past we've had why is the season going to be delayed or when will, when will it happen it's not these two forces that are at play it's so much bigger than that yeah there there's so many moving parts to this and i can commend leagues for trying to get it going like the nba what
1: they're trying to do and the, their calendar is very aggressive too
0: very aggressive but the NBA, you're also dealing with a smaller amount of people as far as the traveling parties for teams, the amount of players you deal with. And I know people are going to say, well, what's the difference between 12 and 23? Well, 11 people, and, and that's an awful lot when you're talking about how teams are filled, where you're going to stay, how are you going to play, where are you going to play, where most of the teams are are set up. And you know, for the NBA, I think it's a little bit easier to to put teams in a bubble or a hub or whatever you want to call it. The NHL, they found a way to get the playoffs done, which was amazing to me. I'm speaking of things we're thankful for that we got a conclusion to the 1920
1: season, and not just a conclusion, but a legitimate conclusion. Yes, like I, there, I know there was all this talk of asterisks and and whatnot before then, and um, but I, it, it was a legitimate postseason tournament to crown a Stanley Cup champion from the 2019-20 season, and. I mean, go back and listen to podcasts from early last year, and I think we were both kind of high on on Tampa Bay, figuring it out. That was one of the things back a year ago, the Thanksgiving episode, Tampa Bay was starting to kind of figure it out uh, in the regular season. And, yeah, and for the league to pull it off in the way that they did safely uh, with no positive COVID test, in the manner they were able to do so, it provided some compelling hockey, even without fans in the building. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it, it was really cool to see it brought some normalcy to an otherwise abnormal year. And hopefully we never have to do that again. Might have to do it in 2020 or uh, in 2021, excuse me. Um, you know, you might see a, a bubble type playoffs, maybe not, I, I guess it depends on, uh, the status of the virus and vaccine availability and, and whatnot. But I think we're, uh, it was it was fun to watch that. I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the Hurricanes, even though they uh, lost in five games to the Boston Bruins in the first round, are thankful that um, you know they were able to come back and and get experience playing postseason hockey because that in itself is incredibly valuable.
0: I, I think the three game sweep over the Rangers does a lot yep. for this team. And the funny thing is, the Canes went into that, if you remember, and that's July. August, can't believe it's been that long, and it feels like it was just yesterday, but the Canes went into that, and everybody's like, oh, I like the Rangers in this series. I'm like,
1: did you not watch the... Yeah. Okay. The Rangers were the sexy pick and, for some reason.
0: And I get that the Rangers in the regular season have some kind of voodoo over the Carolina Hurricanes. Especially at Madison Square Garden. Especially at Madison Square Garden. But when it became a neutral site, I think that that took any of the, the kind of aura that the Rangers have in this, we have got this ridiculous record against the Hurricanes away because yeah. it's not playing at Madison Square Garden. You know, yep. It's not having this kind of advantage in the psyche of the Canes because it was different. This was different for everybody.
1: It pitted roster against roster, mm-hmm. and the Hurricanes roster was better. Yep. It also pitted, I think, will versus will, and the Hurricanes clearly from game one established their yep. will. With,
0: with the first goal that early, with Justin Williams dropping the gloves... With the Brady Shea hit on now Carolina Hurricane, Jesper Faust. I mean, it it just went from the get-go. There's one from a listener. I will put this one out there because it's kind of along the lines that we have. Not stealing it from you. You get another one that you can put out there for uniforms. But this from Stephen Riley. All right, I've got to like it. Keep it for Kane's cast. The NHL will begin the year
1: with a short-term bubble scenario. I could see it being possible, yes. Um, I don't know if it'll happen. Uh, But I could see it being a possibility. The NBA, uh, they're not going with uh, a short-term bubble to begin the season. But they are announcing their schedule in two parts. So I could see the NHL also announcing the schedule in two parts. And perhaps that first part is a... uh, You have four hub cities, one for each division. And that's where teams play for the first half of the season. Now, I'm not sure it makes a lot of practical sense. Because if you're going to be playing in empty arenas anyway, which... Seems likely at this point, at least for the start of the season. I think you might as well play in home markets. I think it makes too much sense from a competitive standpoint because then you actually, you do have home games that are technically home games uh, that feel more like home games than they would in a hub city. Uh, You have the sponsorship dollars from the arena signage. Uh, I think it just makes more sense to play in home markets, even though there would be obviously more travel you know, from city to city, but there are ways to mitigate that with baseball lake home stands and uh, play within your division. Yep. so I could see it happening, and I'm sure it's an option.
0: A week at home, a week on the road.
1: but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no i'm gonna I'm gonna send it back. So we're
0: not gonna start with hubs.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna send that back. I could see playoffs going back to hubs if fans in a building is not an option just because that it's a proven method but i know you know there was a lot of pushback that they don't really want to do yeah. that again and hopefully by may by playoff time there's some progress with folks receiving the vaccine and and maybe we can start having fans in the building again this is one of the questions
0: for me that goes to the when do you think you're going to start question yeah because i think it's what wants to be answered by the owners i think the players want to know where are we going to be what's what's it going to look like and I don't think there's a clear-cut answer right now because there's still so many questions up in the air. Is there a vaccine? How effective is it? You know, does that let people in the building if we do have one? So those questions need to be answered. I'm gonna take it if it means starting the season as early as possible. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I, I think that Michael laid out the proper scenarios for everything, but I'm gonna take it if it means starting the season as early as possible. So doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I could see that they would do that where they could, they'll run three games a day, like what they did up in the Toronto and the Edmonton bubble, or they'll run two games a day with the teams and you'll play maybe every other day and you'll have like one back-to-back situation and you'll probably play the same team back-to-back to make it fair. But I could see them if the safest way to get a season going is we're gonna to go to a place for two weeks or three, although I could see pushback from the PA on that. But go to a place for two weeks just to get the season going, and then we'll see where we are after that. You know, you take stock of that. I I, I could see that, so I'll take it.
1: Yeah, I'm. It's I have to imagine it's for sure one of the options being discussed because at this point you have to entertain all options. Yeah. Um, if and there is going to be a season. I, I think that's fairly clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's not a situation where we're talking about is there hockey, is there not hockey. There's going to be hockey at some point. It's just a matter of how much, what it looks like, where it is, yep. all those questions still to be answered. So when you look at a start date of, of Jan 1, a target date of Jan 1, there's a lot to still answer and, and get sorted out. Uh, and it would have to be done sooner rather than later if that is indeed the date. I, I would be fine with it being the date because it means we get hockey. And we'd sooner. probably get more of it too. And we'd be what? a month and a week, basically like five weeks away from, from having hockey again. So something to watch. Uh but I'll send I'll send that back. I think I think hockey will be played in home markets. Uh, but it's I think it's gonna look a little different. All right. I'm gonna take this from Howie Handorf. Take it or leave it. If you like it, take it if not, send it back. Yeah. The Canes Stadium Series jersey will use the same Canes logo, the black and red version, uh, that is seen at the weight competition center at the practice facility. It's on the wall um, uh, in the red w- red rink. Mm, it was more challenging to say yeah, than I thought like it would red be. wings. In the red rink. Uh, it's also seen on the ceiling in the Hurricanes locker room. You've seen it before on hats. It's on the uh, the Hurricanes helmet. Yeah. Their away jersey. Oh yeah, I could see that happening. It's like the embossed version of the logo. It's like a, I don't know, it's not a one color. It's like a, it's a much simplified version. It's, it's a two tone, yeah. It's just red and black. But I could see with the red being raised around the as the outline. I could see that being um, the Stadium Series jersey. Think back to, was it a couple years ago when Pittsburgh and and Philadelphia played the Stadium yeah. Series, and they both had, like the simplified one color versions of their logo. Yep. Pittsburgh had I think it was the black on the yellow and uh philly had the orange on the black yeah exactly so I could I could see that happening when you think of stadium series and the sweaters that adidas likes to do they like to think a little outside the box on these a little futuristic maybe mm-hmm. too um so I could I could see that being the case I'll send it back I have no idea
0: okay that's my answer <laughs> I have no idea I mean I could take I can absolutely take it and say sure but i I don't want to Say, yeah, I'll take it because that makes it seem like I know. Uh, and, again, the motto of this podcast, they don't tell us anything, that we, we don't do know anything. anything. So Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. A little bit. But for the most part, when it comes to fashion, I will leave that at uh,
1: the feet of the webs, Michael Smith. And, hopefully, speaking of stadium series, we should have some more clarity on that in the near future. I'm going to go on a limb and say not this year. I think that's a pretty sturdy thing. Thank limb. you. <laughs> I think you can comfortably stand on yeah, that limb.
0: I think I think it is a limb of an oak that's been around for centuries. You can count the rings. Absolutely. On the limb. <laughs> on the limb, yeah. Yes, It's
1: basically another tree.
0: It is. That's <laughs> how comfortable I am going out on that limb. And you know my size. I shouldn't be
1: going out on any tree limb. <laughs> They, they already postponed, and again, they being the league, already postponed the Winter Classic and All-Star Weekend. Not sure why Stadium Series wasn't included in that batch of postponements, but here we are. Yeah, I uh, the whole point of, of outdoor games, yep. and our, it, it's to create this spectacle. and If we, you don't have people there, it's not
0: as much of a spectacle. I, I just needed to jump in as you were searching for it, but the whole point of that is crap.
1: to get as many people in the building to watch the game. And right now, I think in North Carolina, you can have 5% capacity? Somewhere around seven. there, sure. So it, it wouldn't be many people.
0: No, it wouldn't be. So if that's the case and you're talking about, what, a Carter-Finley stadium that holds 53,000-plus-ish? Yeah, 50. Ish. I mean, it's not even 15,000 people. It's less than what you'd have in a full arena here. Well, Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's less. It's like two or 3,000. Yeah, like 3,500, I think, yeah. if it's 7%. And again, folks, the point of those things is to have as many people there as possible. It's a celebration of the game. So I don't know about you. Yes, it would be great to have it, but folks, do you really want to have a stadium series game and not be allowed to go to it? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to vote for the people here on this one.
1: I think you push that to... Uh, the 21-22 yes. season.
0: We still don't even know who the Canes' opponent is for it.
1: That's very true. So, just it'll happen.
0: It's not like they're going to take it away. They're going to, again, Vegas is going to get an all-star game, and everybody who's lost everything, it's all going to come back to them when they get an opening in the rotation. There's nothing set for that. There was nothing announced for the the. Twenty twenty the twenty one twenty two season as far as outdoor games go. That's right. For the stadium series. So it just moves. It'll be okay.
1: Game's coming. Game is coming. I promise you. It's just more time to build up the hype and the energy. Exactly. For playing an outdoor game at Carter Finley, which will happen. Bingo. I got one more. Oh. Before we dive into some other questions. This from Raven. Take it or leave it. Again, send it back. But if
0: you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back.
1: Anyway. Jake Bean will get at least three games this coming season. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that. Even in, even if the team only plays, we'll say at the bare minimum forty-eight games. Yeah, I'll, he'll play three games. He'll play three games.
0: I'll like be, that. I'll be, I will be surprised if he does not see
1: NHL action this year. Yeah, he he has accomplished basically everything he can at the AHL level. It's time for him to take that next step and, and show that he can play in the NHL. And we've seen him play a couple of games. Yeah. The organization needs to know. Yeah. Can
0: what he's been doing at the AHL translate to the NHL level? And when you're seeing smaller defensemen who are puck movers, who are power play guys, have the success that they're having, guys like Quinn Hughes. Like what we talked about when the NHL ranked their top 20 defensemen. Win Hughes, Zach Wierenski is not exactly a big guy uh, in Columbus, but you see the success that they've had. I think it's time to find out what what Jake Bean brings to the party. So, yeah, uh, does it doesn't mean that he's going to play if there's 48 games, he plays 48,
1: no, but I think he will see more than three games, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you consider him to be the seventh defenseman, which, uh, you know, looking at the depth chart is probably likely at this point in at time. At this point. Yeah. Um,
0: Barring a trade or some signing or something that happens. I think
1: Hayden Fleury played like 20 games, not last season, but the season prior. Yeah, he's going to play somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think, 10 to 20. It, it all depends on injuries, depends sure. on his performance, uh, depends on you know, what Rod Brennamore and Dean Chanouth want their lineup on the blue line to look like. A lot of factors go into it, but I, I think he'll see uh, at least three games this season, yes. Yeah. Okay, answered. You know what else we're thankful for?
0: That we ask for questions and we get to them, so it's a listener mailbag, if you will?
1: Yes, that, but also Manscaped. Oh, we should be thankful for that. Because support for CanesCast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels.
0: Absolutely. Over 2 million men have trusted Manscaped tools for that job. We're two of them. And they have forever changed the grooming game with a Perfect Package 3.0. That kit comes with the Essential lawnmower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer and a ton of other formulations that round out your manscaping routine. And, folks, it's holiday time. You know what? Sometimes guys don't want to buy gifts for themselves. Sometimes they want to be pampered. They won't say it, but we'll say it for them. And getting them the Perfect Package 3.0 kit is just the way
1: to say, I notice you and I want you to be pampered. Also in the Perfect Package 3.0, you'll find the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. A couple of little extras for you. Uh, and for a limited time, you get two free gifts when what? you buy the Perfect Package. Two free gifts? Two of them. You get the Shed Travel Bag, uh, which is a $39 value, which is pretty impressive. Yes, it is. Um, you and can't wait to use the Travel Bag. Yeah, it's it's just begging to be used right now. Yes. Uh, it's it's very high quality, nice bag, will fit all your travel essentials, all your toiletries right in there. Uh, and you also get some high uh, some patented high performance reduced chaf- chafing, I can't read today. Oh, your a little
0: chafe there, but you're not chafed when you're wearing those Manscape boxers.
1: Nice soft fabric. They're they're a good pair. They are. So, get the perfect package 3.0 today, whether it's for yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends. Manscape gift is perfect. This holiday season.
0: Absolutely. And you get 20% off in free shipping by using the code canes at manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with the code canes at manscaped.com. 20% off in free shipping at manscaped.com just by using the code canes. Use the right tools for the job and make Santa proud this year. Thanks, Manscaped. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Hey, who needs Black Friday when you got promo code canes? Exactly.
0: 20% off, free shipping, and two free gifts. Ho, ho, ho. That's right. Thank you. Oh, I know these tones. It's time for
1: some questions.
0: We've asked for some listener tweets, a tweet about the canes, a tweet about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Or the game.
1: Or the game, yeah.
0: Worried about copyright infringement,
1: how far we go with that. We don't discriminate questions here.
0: No, we do not. We got plenty of questions to get into. So thank everybody for that. And thank you for bringing that back, The Web's Michael Smith.
1: A little throwback to our friend and yours.
0: Proud noise lab.
1: Thankful for knowing that man. Yes, I am That's as well.
0: Chuck Caton, folks. Be thankful that you uh, got to listen to those tones. Call hockey for as long as he did. Now, time for us, Michael, to get to some questions. Let's do it. This is from Jessica Jacobs. I've got a question. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've got a question for your podcast. It it sounds threatening, but it's not. Okay. Right out there. (laughs) Since RB, that's Rod Brindamore, is entering his third year of coaching, do you think he will sign an extension? Yes, I do, Jessica. RB. I'm not playing in that game right now. it has got to be in the season. He's got to be within earshot.
1: Okay, that's fair. He
0: might be within or, earshot. Or least. trip. Oh, yeah, that's true. Or trip. Tracy needs to be here. Yeah. Okay. Um, or, there you go. You get one.
1: Yes, I agree. Uh, okay. Yeah. He'll he'll get a new contract. Whether it's, I don't know if it'll be in season. I don't know if he really wants to worry about that in season or, or after the season completes he'll be back as head coach for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes.
0: And uh, I think that this is one of these no-brainers. It's just how quickly do both sides want to get it done? Yep. Because, you know, normally when a coach goes into the last year of a contract, there's a lot of conditions around it. I don't think that there's any worry with what's going to happen with Rod Moore being the man behind the bench. I think he's behind the bench as long as he wants to be. Yes. Uh, and as... Self-effacing as he is about the job. You know, he, he says, you know, nobody coaches forever. I believe that it's his job till he no longer wants it. Just taking a look at the results from the first two years, it's impressive. And he has cracked the code of how you get through to your players, what you can do. And again, he can walk to every player, except for the goalies. He leaves that for his goaltending coaches. But he can walk up to every player and say, I've been in this scenario, been in this situation. He doesn't have to say it. They know he's been in it. But he knows how to talk, and it's not coach to player. He knows how to talk person to person and get the best out of the people that wear those uniforms. And I think we forget that. We're always like, oh, player, coach. People make up those, those spots. And the job he's done, yeah, it's just a matter of, of how long do they want to make the, the contract.
1: Yeah. Whatever it'll be. And he wants to be here. The coaching and coaches, coaches the way they coach, have had to change. They've changed, uh, I would say, in the last five years even, five to ten years.
0: It's been evolving, I think, for a while. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right.
1: And Rod Brindamore, I think, is the perfect encapsulation of what that, I don't know if you call it a new age coach, but what the coach of the modern game is all about.
0: Yeah. Well, the – the game has changed game so has changed. much. The game has changed. But it used to be the coach was the authority and the buck stopped with him and you did what the coach did or there's no That's still the case especially with Rod Brindamore. Yeah. But this ruling with an iron hand is kind of out the door because the players know the game now so much better than they ever did and it that's not an insult to anybody who's played any sport in the past, but it used to be the coach knew better than the players. Well, where I think what Michael was talking about, where the dynamic has changed, coaches now have to have that ability of listening to the players and say, we need to do this, or what we're doing right now isn't working. Can we try that? As opposed to, you run my system, or you don't play. And and I think those days, those coaches are becoming fewer and fewer and fewer. You don't play mind games with guys to motivate them by making them feel bad. You have to. It's almost you're more dad and psychiatrist, where you've got to get to the physical tools these guys have. Right. You get to this level, you are physically gifted, uh, and in some way, shape, or form, skating, how you see the game, whatever it is, you have that. And by see the game, I mean that's a physical gift to have. The coach is the one who's got to get the best out of all the players. And I think that the the days of the, you know, iron hand with maybe the velvet glove, wow, there's a weird reference for you, but it was Ooh. around for a while. But those days are over. I think it's more you've got to find a way to get the best out of this team. And, you know, I I think that's what Rod Brindemore has done magnificently with this team.
1: Yeah. I think he has a vision for how he wants this team to play, how he wants this team to approach um, every game, every day, every practice and he's able to relay it in a way where everyone buys in. And when everyone buys into that singular message, that singular goal, you have success. Um, and and it can be accomplished. I think it helped the first year having Justin Williams, you know, a guy that he trusted so much from having played with him, from having won a championship with him. Justin Williams was able to be that, uh, was able to relay that message from the coach's office to the locker room. Not that no one listened when Rod Brendamore speaks, because we've seen it. Everyone listens yeah. when Rod Brendamore speaks, but it helps to have that bridge, that connection. Uh, and that's what he had in Justin Williams. But even now with, with, with Justin Williams not a part of the locker room anymore, you saw it in the first half of last season. You're going to see it moving forward. He's just an effective of a communicator. And... He's he's one of the best, I think, public speakers in the game today. Oh, gosh, yeah. Whether it's Whether it's privately in the locker room to his team, whether it's publicly at the governor's mansion, whether it's at a luncheon, when he speaks, he captivates your attention. And that happens inside the locker room with the team. That happens inside the locker room one-on-one. He's got that ability to effectively communicate and relate to the players and they respond to that
0: you know it's funny people talk about having it and i can't tell you what it is i don't want to be the genius who tells you this is what it is but it is charisma it's a gravitas it's having the ability to connect with people and rod brindamore has it in spades he is charismatic he is funny I think that's one of the things a lot of people don't know about Rod Brindamore away from the rink, is his sense of humor is really good. It's dry, it's quick, you know, but it's there. And that's one of the things that makes him so likable. But he is also just honest. What you see with Rod Brindamore is what you get. And I think when people talk about it, they are always some mystical force. Chappelle show. Zora? The Force. I've seen it. Well, he has it. Yeah. And it's, for me, it's people want to define what it is. It is charisma. And he has it in buckets. And I've seen, like, what you've said in every scenario of him talking to the team, talking to luncheons, talking here. It's all right from the heart. There's nothing really extra flowery about it. He doesn't need to do that. And I think that's
1: what makes him so respected. It's either charisma or... Metachlorians, maybe.
0: You know, when I found out it was that, because I'm so much older than you, kind of, we're not going to go there because that's going to upset our good friend.
2: This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. And he's going to
0: get upset when we've got to answer a couple of questions coming up. He probably just thinks
1: that's some sort of five-star dish. No.
2: No.
0: <laughs> Trust me. He knows what it is. In fact, we'll be getting the text in three, two...
1: Oh, uh, there it is. Oh, uh, nice. This from Bill Hughes.
0: Hi. Well, I was going to go in a different one because you started answering questions. Sorry, Bill. We'll get back to Bill's question in a second. Oh, okay. Hang on, Because it plays in off of what you said. Okay. This is from M. Scott. Is this Michael Hi. Scott? Hi. Is this Michael Scott? Oh, it might be. From Dunder Mifflin. I know that Justin Williams retired as a player. See, I saw this question, so I figured it would be a good follow-up. He did. Is there a possibility of him staying with the Canes in another capacity? I hope... Three thumbs up. Thank you, M. Scott, 14. Got a good picture of a cat. It's a good-looking cat. Thank you. Fluffy with a Stanley Cup.
1: I think that might be M. Scott. I think the cat might have sent the tweet.
0: That would be amazing.
1: How are we to know for sure? (laughs) Well. As far as we know, that cat
0: can type. Cats don't have opposable thumbs, but there is the great
1: GIF. 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 Of
0: the cat typing. Yeah,
1: all you need to do is smack the keys. You don't need thumbs to Again, type. The guy who created it says it's Jeff. Yeah, he's dumb. He created it! He created it, but he
0: gave it to the people, and much like we've seen, the people have turned on the creator. <laughs> well, that got wow. way deep, and I was not meaning that, folks. I mean, the creator of things. Like, if you make a movie, and then you try to make another one. If it's not as good as the first one, then you're clearly terrible.
1: I see where you went with that. Thank you. Uh, yes, I can see him sticking around. Sorry. Him being Justin Williams. I can see him sticking around with the team in some capacity. When that'll be, that's maybe the biggest question, and that's totally up to him. Yep. He, he's going to take some time to to figure out uh, what he wants out of retirement. Uh, he might want to do some other things. He might want to um, – you know, coaches son's or daughter's hockey team, he might want to play golf. I know he wants to play golf. Yeah. He's good at playing golf, too. He is. Uh, doesn't really need much more practice at that. Uh, but You always need practice at golf. But, yeah, I think uh, when the time is right, when he's ready to venture into that next chapter uh, of his hockey career, I think a position's waiting for him. Yeah.
0: And whatever he wants to do, I think he would be outstanding at. In whatever hockey capacity, and that means if he wants to be a front office member, you know, assistant GM, GM, team president, things like that, I think he'll excel. If he wants a role behind the bench or as a scout or whatever, he'll be he'll be
1: excellent. If he wants to be third host on Kane's Cast,
0: absolutely, we have an opening.
1: Chairs open, we just need a microphone. The
0: pay is terrible,
1: yeah, but the chair is open. You get paid in Storm Brews, which is important.
0: Yes. Speaking of.
1: And manscaped products. Yes. For now. For now. All right, Bill Hughes. Hi. Sorry, I cut you off, Bill. When and how will Carolina's ECHL team be determined? Yeah, if you saw last week the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, which uh, was the Hurricanes' ECHL affiliate in the 2019-20 season, signed an affiliation deal with the Florida Panthers uh, and also the Charlotte Checkers, that pipeline. Um Now, ECHL teams can have more than one NHL affiliate. Uh, My understanding is that uh, the Hurricanes' affiliation with the Swamp Rabbits was just for the 2019-20 season. Um, It has not been renewed or has not yet been renewed, Uh, so the Hurricanes uh, will likely have a new ECHL affiliate. You also don't need one. Uh, The teams can have multiple ones. You also don't need one, and I'm pretty sure half the league isn't even playing this season. So... Uh, We'll see. Stay tuned for that. I think there'll be some news at some point, but um, I can't... uh, I don't don't know when exactly it'll be. Yeah.
0: And again, affiliations like anything. If there's an opening, teams kind of reach out to each other and see if it's a fit. So there's a lot that plays into it. This from Jim Ramsey. Hi. Curious if the AHL plans to play this year. That league is so much more dependent on gate receipts that I could see them not playing And instead, the NHL team somehow being allowed to have more than 23 players around with the caveat, obviously not sure how they would work around the salary cap. I think that you would, as far as the salary cap goes, I'm just playing front office here, you'd have an exemption of this is our roster and then it would be like a practice squad. Yeah. These five guys if you had an expanded roster, like these five guys are practice squad players. They get age they get their AHL contract as long as they're on the practice squad. I'm not sure how it's gonna work. I mean Uh, that's and again, this goes to things that need to be ironed out before we even get to a season. The
1: AHL is I think they're targeting February first.
0: They've they've announced February that they'd like to start play. So
1: I think you'll see that league play. I hope you'll see that league play. Um, But yeah, there, you know, plenty of things to be ironed out still with that league, with this league, the connections between the leagues with how, you know, recalls and assignments are going to work because, uh, you know, when you're not in a bubble, obviously the bubble concept worked, that was proven. But when you're not in a bubble, the the likelihood of a player testing positive for COVID-19 increases dramatically. Uh, and then you implement the contact tracing protocols, which might sideline some other players. So, you know, what happens when you get into a situation like that and you need uh, two or three players in a hurry? I don't know. Yeah, the, Those are still questions that, that have to be answered. But Jim brings up
0: a good point. For a league, and the minor leagues are so much more dependent on crowds, gate receipts, things that are happening on a game night that, that draws a lot of things into questions. And as you mentioned with the ECHL, we're not even sure how many ECHL teams are going to play this year. Yeah, uh, I think that the AHL, it would be great if they could get a season in. We hope they would get a season in. But, again, lots of question marks that need to be answered there before we can get there.
1: And a, an adjacent question from Red Bearded Caniac. Hi! Could we see an expanded roster with such a condensed season? And I think the answer is potentially yes. But there were there would be some some salary cap implications to to take into account.
0: I just go and throw in this idea at the wall. You don't have to like it. You don't have to if you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. You don't have to. But if they expand the rosters, again, it would be a practice squad situation. It would almost be what I think major league baseball did this year because there was no minor league, but you have an area that's kind of like a bunch of guys practicing scrimmaging against themselves and if you need to call them up you'd call them up in this case you might be able to keep the normal roster is 23 all right say you expand it to 30 and it's a practice squad those guys won't travel if there's travel they will get their ahl salary they don't get an nhl salary it doesn't count against the cap and they would just practice here with the nhl team or after practice because as we know Coaches hate having tons
1: of players on the ice for practice. Yes. Because it slows practice down. There's only two nets, and there's only so much ice. And practice is going to be an interesting thing this year, too, with how the schedule shakes out. So lots lots to consider. This from Ian. Hi. At Ian Kennedy 1002 on Twitter. What do you think a Dougie Hamilton contract extension would look like? I know you don't usually read. Twitter handles like no, that. I'm glad like, you
0: did, though.
1: Uh, and and how about a Svechnikov extension? Those are uh, two of the most pressing questions that I think the Hurricanes are facing off the ice in the upcoming season. Dougie Hamilton's going to want some serious cash, I have a feeling. Yep. Alex Petrangelo got nice little payday. And I'm sure that's going to be used as a comparable. So the question then becomes, you know, how much can the Canes afford considering the fact that they're also going to have to get a deal done with Svechnikov? I think the Svechnikov one could be a bridge deal at maybe a a slightly lower value than you'd get uh, with a longer term deal but then might cost more on the other side of that bridge deal. But it might be advantageous just from a bookkeeping standpoint at this point uh, to do a shorter bridge deal with Andrei Svechnikov. That's, that that one's going to be, I don't know, at least $6 million per year. At least. Yeah. And Sebastian Ajo makes round eight. Could arguably up be up around there.
0: I'm trying to find a uh, a comparable for you, like you know. Lots of times people do. Here's what the comparable contracts are. It's gonna be a tough. It's gonna to be tough because Dougie Hamilton's gonna, especially if he has a a great season like he had last year before the broken leg. Yeah. If he has a Norris Trophy season, he has to, you would think, be paid much like those players who are in consideration. For the Norris Trophy, you know Roman Yosi's got a really nice deal, and there's a, a lot to look at for what he has done. Uh, I'm just trying to come up if there's a, a comp here as I scan through cap friendly, and we'll go from there. But Dougie Hamilton, I mean, he's probably he's making just south
1: of six million
0: dollars a year right now.
1: Yeah, so he's going to ask, and you start the ask big. I would say he asks for probably over eight per year.
0: Yeah, you have to. I think you. You have to start there. Where does uh, he land? Roman Yossi makes $9 million a year. Basically, he makes $9,059,000
1: a year. That's a lot of money. Yeah.
0: They couldn't go to 9.1. So we're just under that. So that's a lot of money. If we're talking about defensemen, what other defensemen would you
1: model him after right now? Uh... I mean, I I know he plays a different game than Alex Petrangelo, but that's one of the, but that's one comparable that I'm sure they're going to draw on. Well, as well
0: you should, and the Vegas Golden Knights did, and he makes eight point eight million dollars a year right now. It's a lot of cash.
1: You could, uh, you could theoretically also draw on Justin Falk's contract with St. Louis last year.
0: You could, and that would be, I think that could be a fair comparable. Uh, I think if you're Dougie Hamilton. That's a, a comp that you're going to want to look at and say, well, where would I slide in here with Justin Falk, who was a member of the Carolina Hurricanes? Justin Falk makes six and a half. All right, so now you got a, a parameter. You, you come up to where Justin Falk was at six and a half, but now how, how much is the, this is the hill we're going to go to? You know, what is, the, what is the player that we're looking at? What is the number we're looking for? I'll throw one more out there. Victor Hedman, just because we're talking about guys who are Norris Trophy candidates, Victor Hedman makes $7.8 million a year. Yeah. So something in between Hedman and Falk?
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. Seven-ish? That's a lot of money.
0: But I don't don't know when we talk about term. And not that I'm uncomfortable talking about this, there's a lot of things that factor into this. Like, you know, does the player like where he's at? Is Mm -hmm. there a chance of him... You know, staying in a place because he likes it. He's also 27. This is the prime for Dougie Hamilton, so this is the big contract.
1: Yeah, this is his payday. And if the Hurricanes don't opt to pay him, I would imagine a team would yes. in unrestricted free agency. If he has if he has a, a great season like he was tracking to have last year, he's going to be one of, if not the top target in terms of unrestricted free agent defensemen next, next summer. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's a big question for the Hurricanes, um, you know, if they can fit so that 20, contract. But if
0: you're talking 27, I think you're looking at, you know, does the player want a long-term deal, or are, we're, are we starting, especially with a flat cap for a few years, these guys who are coming to free agency, maybe take a shorter deal, a little less money, but know that they'll make more money on the other side. Now, Dougie Hamilton's interesting in this case because he's 27 years old, So I would think that players who are nearing 30 want a longer-term deal. I don't think they're going to want to sign a two-, three-year deal with the flat cap. Andrei Svechnikov's deal could be one that is shorter, coming off his entry level. A shorter deal, but it will get him to free agency quicker. But he'll take a shorter deal at lesser money when you consider what he should be or what he will be making eventually.
1: Yep. It's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, I do I do think Dougie Hamilton has found a home here. Uh, but the question obviously is gonna be like you said, this is his chance for a big payday, a long term, you know, six, seven year deal that pays him a good chunk of change. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll,
0: we'll see. put it and we'll put it in these terms. Andre Svechnikov is making less than a million dollars this year off of his entry level contract. He's going to be making way more than a million dollars after this. He's due for a raise. Yeah. So, but two contracts, two totally different situations. You're talking about a 20-year-old whose agent might be looking at the way the economic landscape is right now, and maybe a shorter deal with a touch less money is better than, you know, a longer deal with a little bit more security. And you can say you go more money, but over the life of the contract, it would actually be less money for the team or more sensible, where you then take a look at Dougie Hamilton. I would think that he would probably want the longer deal right now, the the security of staying in a place that he is comfortable in. The team likes him. Clearly the fan base likes Dougie Hamilton as well you should. He's a good guy. He fits in great in that room with this team. Uh, Again, all of the stories about him, I don't know where they came from. And it's, to me, it's talk to him and find out what kind of person he is. And then you understand he's a really good guy. I I, I just, I haven't gotten where those stories have come from, but of course, Boston, a little bit of a different market when it comes to media scrutiny. And if something happens, how that can label a player, you know, Calgary, if you're playing in Canada and it's not hockey 24 seven, then, you know, there's going to be. Some people saying, oh, you know, and I've always taken it as the term of endearment from the movie Bull Durham when Max Patkin was talking about Crash Davis. Yeah, he's different from everybody else. I saw him read a book one time and it didn't even have pictures. You know, that's that seems to me to be, that was, what? You're going to do that? You know, folks, you can have other interests. And I think Dougie Hamilton has a lot of interests that are outside of hockey too. And maybe early on, a lot of teams, a lot of people didn't know how to take it, but He's outstanding in whatever deal he asks for, people want to know wow, long winded answer to where I think he's gonna slot in. I'll put him in between that Victor Hedman and, and Justin Fall contract, and then it comes down to term. And then it also comes down to the Canes have to pay Andre Svechnikov. It's it's a while, but because Jacob Slavin is locked in for a while, but you gotta figure that Jacob Slavin's gonna be due a raise at some point in his career uh, at twenty six and, and that's something else. Jacob Slavin, is he a comparable for Dougie Hamilton? So, just a few things to think about.
1: Yeah. Lots to think
0: about. Tons.
1: And that's why they pay people more to think about them more than we do. Yeah. We just talk little bluster. We just throw out numbers, which I think are accurate in some sense. Um, But but it's something to keep an eye on this year.
0: But, again, maybe the short answer to that question is, you know, what are the contracts going to look like? I think it's two different scenarios. Again, in – this landscape is is playing a big deal into it.
1: This from Fuzzy Fur. Hi. Do the players get anything from being named a star of the game? Is it just bragging rights, or does the winner get to buy dinner or something? Get to buy dinner? <laughs> that sounds like a punishment. Yeah, I would turn down being a star. Especially in the national. Uh, no, I'm yeah, the players are the star of the game. They get to come out and toss a puck or a T-shirt to a fan. If they're the first star, if they're the lucky first star, they get to be interviewed on the bench. Used to be by you. Yep. That'll be by Abby Labar. And this, again, is assuming a normal uh, fan-filled arena. Yeah. No pandemic happening. Actual interviews face-to-face can take place. Or it'll
0: be like what we saw during the postseason. If you're the star of the game, you do a walk-off with one reporter that has been picked to do it.
1: Yeah, so uh,
0: short answer, not really. No. You used to, I think, get a hat. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like stars of the game, things like that used to get for, but uh,
1: not anymore. This from, oh, almost asked a question that we had already been over.
0: Oh, did you now?
1: We'll go with this one. This from I Am Iron Caniac at Iron Caniac on Twitter. Hi. Have you heard any news on the David Ayers Disney movie or an ESPN documentary?
0: I know that there is a movie in the works. Yep. And I don't know if it's Disney.
1: According to
0: sources. Sources it is. Sources. So yeah.
1: But it sounds like it's in incredibly early stages.
0: It's literally the hey, we'd like to do a movie. It's
1: pre-pre-production.
0: Yes. It's literally Somebody said we should do a movie about this production. Yeah.
1: So, so, it's a it's a ways off. All right. This from Steve Kikis, I believe. I don't know if he's related to Carl. No, it's, I think it's a different spelling. Or Rebecca. Oh, well, yeah, Rebecca
0: it is. Rebecca gave us the actual pronunciation. Kikis. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah, not cucumbers. I like Carl Cucumber. The Kikis. Thank you. Hi.
1: Question for the podcast. Do the Canes have any plans to do something with their TV partner, Fox Sports Carolinas? They were recently dropped by Sling TV, YouTube, Hulu, and Fubu. Fubo? Fubu. Fubu. No, Fubu is... Fubu is a clothing line. A clothing line created by Damon John. Now on Shark Tank. Fubo. For Canes, there isn't any uh, way to legally stream the games. I suppose you could stream it through... uh, a cable app. I believe Fox Sports Carolinas is still available on cable. But yes, you do bring up a good point. Uh, Sinclair Broadcasting has been a- unable to reach uh, rights deals with uh, some of these streaming partners. Uh, so uh, availability right now is limited, but maybe there's hope that one of these streaming partners reaches a deal by the time NBA and NHL seasons get going. We don't know. We'll see. But Let's go. It's about all we all we can say.
0: I actually can't even say anything. Okay. Just so you know. Glad you handled that grounder. There we go. I'm sitting in the stands on this one. This one's from Nick. Hi. Do you believe that keeping our goaltenders this season and spending more on our forwards defensemen was the right move to make this offseason? I'm surprised there was no news of us going for guys like Holtby or Flurry when we've had such a strong group of guys in our system. Well there was no news of it but it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. I keep going back to that for free agent signing just because a, a guy doesn't sign with a place doesn't mean that a team didn't go after them so there's that for Mark Andre Fleury it was always going to have always going to be a trade to get him he costs a lot of money and there's a reason why he's still in Vegas and he's going to still need to be in Vegas because in Robin Leonard's situation he's injured so there's your insurance policy if you're Vegas uh, as far as the goalies go but uh, Again, let me use this as a permission to approach the bench. Okay. So, two years ago, it was Peter Morazic and Curtis McElhaney.
1: Now a Stanley Cup champion.
0: Yes. But that group got into the playoffs and got to the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: Yes. And Peter Morazic that year, 914 save percentage.
0: Last year, the Carolina Hurricanes went into the season with Peter Morazic and James Reimer. And that duo got into the Stanley Cup playoff qualifiers. They were a Stanley Cup playoff team, by the way. Yeah. If the season, if everything held served till the end of the year, they were a playoff team. I know it was the qualifying round, but they won a postseason round. And even though it was five games, it was a better series against the Boston Bruins this time around. So they know they can get to the playoffs with that. And I understand the goal is not to get to the playoffs. The goal is to win the whole damn thing. That's why you play the game. Understood that. But this is an organization that also looked at what they had in goal, looked at what was out there, and you have to take into consideration, all right, how much is this going to cost us? What's it going to cost us as far as other players go? Because if you've got players under contract, what do you do? You buy them out. you got to trade somebody. Well, somebody has to want somebody if you trade them. You can
1: release them. That's the the thing. If you sign a free agent goaltender – which there were plenty available on the market. There was a little carousel that went around. Uh, You have Peter Morazic under contract. You have James Reimer under contract. You have Alex
0: Nadelkovich under contract.
1: You have to figure out what to do with them. And you don't want to put yourself in a situation, especially the Hurricanes, who are already kind of up against the cap. uh, You don't want to put yourself in a bad situation where you're kind of scrambling for cap space or scrambling to figure out what to do with an extra goaltender. And Peter Mrazek, last year, 905 save percentage. James Reimer, 914. Yeah. That's pretty good. Again, I bring this up.
0: The team has confidence in their goaltending. Did they kick the tires on some people? Yeah,
1: I would imagine they did. That's what every organization does. You have to kick the tires on on every position. You, You have to. As a general manager, it is important in your job that as you look to improve your team that you evaluate every position so sure i'm sure uh i'm sure the team kicked the tires on on every possible position uh, the hurricanes have one of the best blue lines in the national hockey league you would have said that in october of last year but then look at what the team did at the trade deadline they made a move to to make it better so it, it, there's always ways to improve and uh, as general manager of this team, Don Waddell is uh, is always searching for ways to do that. But I think Peter Mrazek and and James Reimer are an incredibly capable duo. You have Alex Nedeljkovic waiting in the wings. He's he's on a one way contract this year. Doesn't mean he has to play in the NHL. He'll just make a little more playing in Chicago. But those are three goaltenders who can handle the business and. You know, uh, when you look at what the team did this off season, really they only made one major move, and that was signing Jesper Fast. Mm-hmm. Everything else was was kind of already taken care of. Well, again, I go back to their free
0: agency was taken care of last season at the trade deadline when they traded for Brady Shea, with term left on his contract at over five million dollars a year to be a top four defenseman in at least in those top two groups in the pairings, and Vincent Trocheck from Florida. That's where you look at. That's where the Canes money went in free agency. So, if you would have gone into this year and the Canes didn't make that move for Vincent Trocek, you would have gone into this offseason looking to upgrade the center position. Well, Canes did that. And there's, again, only so much money to go around. So, yes, it would have been great for them to say, we're going to sign a guy who played up the road for a bunch of years. He won a Stanley Cup, I believe he's got a Vesna to his name in Brayton Holpe. So you look at what he's done, and you're like, oh, that'd be a good fit because if there's an area that the Canes... Well, it's an area that the Canes are pretty comfortable with because yeah. the last two years, it's gotten them to the playoffs. It got them four wins away from playing for the Stanley Cup.
1: The bigger question for me is the secondary scoring. That's been mine all along because... You look at guys brought in like Nino Niederreiter, like Ryan Dezingle, to score goals. Yep.
0: They have to score goals. They have to score is, goals. Is, is Martin Natchos going to take a step to the next level this year is what will be his
1: sophomore season? We know the top line is going to score. We know that. But where is the offense yep. coming from after that? That's probably a bigger question for me right now than how are Peter Mrazek and James Reimer going to hold up?
0: What on. I like now, too, is... You can play a, a much different matchup game if you want to, if you're Rod Brindamore now, with the groups that you have. Because I'm envisioning just, this is pencil on paper, Jordan Stahl with Jesper Fost and Warren Fogle. It's a little bit more offense for Jordan Stahl to, to play with. Not a, a ton. They're going to have a, a role. They're going to be out against the other team's best 90% of the time. But there's going to be a tough matchup for the opposition against that line. Because of how Fogle and Foss play, and because of Stahl being a horse, and, and maybe his offensive numbers tick up because he's going to get some favorable matchups. And then, whatever the, I hate calling it the fourth line, but whatever line that you have Jordan Martinuk and Brock McGinn being a part of, with Morgan Geeky or whoever at center, that's a hell of a good fourth line in today's NHL that's going to wreak havoc and, and create scoring opportunities. And if by any chance that Brock McGinn's targeting system can move one inch in off of the goalpost, he might score 30 goals. It feels like it. He le- he has to lead the league in posts hit. Yeah. But that tells me he has chances. Like, if he doesn't have chances, then I'd be like, oh, he has chances. He's shown he can score in his career. Jordan Martinuk has put up points. And Morgan Geeky is Gretzky-esque for the debut. Yeah what he's done.
1: Brock McGinn should use the force. I'm with you. Let go of the targeting system and just use the force. Just,
0: are you going to be in his head?
1: <laughs> Brock. Use the force. Use the
0: force, Brock. And then, again, Morgan Geeky, it's like Morgan Geeky, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky. Like Those are the debuts we're talking about.
1: Yep. The, uh,
0: Not trying to put any added pressure on Morgan Geeky's shoulders.
1: Well, they've already got a, a plaque dedicated to him in Toronto. The Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> this one from don't Ni- be don't be fatuous the, <laughs> this one from nikki stout hi she just says kane's cats i'll allow it and sends a gif of a cat pounding on a keyboard That's, scene
0: and yeah i i referenced that earlier you said there doesn't appear to be a question but i'm telling you i will allow this
1: it does not appear to be a question there is in fact an exclamation point all right rather than a question if she would have said kane's cats i guess there would have been a question to which i say
0: I have a cat. I don't know if any other member of the organization does. I'm sure there are some. Somebody has to, somewhere.
1: Yeah. Uh, we've got some food questions, but I don't know if we have any other. Do we have any other hockey questions? No, I to believe those to? are
0: all the hockey questions that we've gotten through here.
1: Okay. So you ready? Yes.
2: This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room.
1: We say goodbye to Bill. Bill, I mean, you've made it 70 minutes anyway, so... Time to duck out. All right. I'm going to go with Roscoe.
0: Hi. At Diet Du Camacho. Wow. Nice. Which Thanksgiving, American or Canadian, do the players look forward to more? Have any incorporated Swedish pizza into the holiday meal or the holiday meal onto
1: Swedish pizza? I think holiday meal onto Swedish pizza Has is... Has already happened. It's just Swedish pizza.
0: It's just, yeah. So the second part of the question I believe we have answered... I
1: don't know if they've incorporated it. We'd have to talk to the Sweets. But we, you know, if not, we probably should. Should still investigate yeah. this, uh, this thing they call Swedish pizza. Yes, you and I
0: are in on this. It's intriguing, but at the same time, we're not around the players right now because of what's going on in the outside world. So we can't talk to them about Thanksgiving the way that we normally did. But in the past, if you're Canadian, you look forward to Canadian Thanksgiving. If you're American, you look forward to American Thanksgiving. But I envy the Canadians More. because they have
1: both. Yeah, that's true. We should just co-opt. Canadian
0: we should. Thanksgiving. I don't know why we haven't.
1: Yeah, that's because Canadians definitely do it. Yeah. So, why why don't we take theirs too? Jordan Stahl all... told me
0: that he did it. Yeah,
1: that's and, a great he, idea. and he
0: loves it. And it's October and it's November. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe next year.
0: There you go. <laughs> all right. Thank you,
1: Roscoe. Good question, Roscoe. Uh, this is from Bill DeBrower. Hi. You could only pick one turkey or ham. Turkey, ham, turkey, ham. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it's it. It's those are the two uh, Thanksgiving meats. You can have one. I can have the other. You can have whatever you want for Everybody's Thanksgiving. Happy. It's
0: Thanksgiving. You could have prime rib if you want. That's true. You could have spam if you want. I I'm not here to judge. You could have Swedish pizza. Yes, you could. You could
1: have all of those on top. Swedish of pizza, pizza.
0: <laughs> exactly on top of pizza, which would then be Swedish pizza. Thank you, but. Ham for me as the main entree. No,
1: well, I think um, I think there can be. I think Thanksgiving is a time where there are multiple entrees. It's a, it's a agree. buffet. But he is. It's either or. Yeah. So you take turkey. I take ham.
0: And again, ham. You are limited with what you can have and what you do now. Ham, as far as leftovers go, possibilities endless. Sandwiches, omelets, whatever you want to do, Biscuits. what have you? Exactly. Turkey, a little bit more limited in the leftover possibilities, but turkey as a meal is far more satisfying than ham. All right, that's all I'm saying. I, I wanted to give an explanation to it. You just like ham, and that's good. You're yeah. not wrong. Neither of us are wrong.
1: No, that's the that's the we're we're both winners. Yes, in this situation, we're
0: getting an awesome meal.
1: <laughs> exactly,
0: and Thanksgiving is all about the side dishes, anyway. Yeah. It really is. I
1: think I think the spread as a whole is to be appreciated. Yes. And the side dishes play an integral part in that. Well, well
0: said, Michael Smith.
1: This from Travis Barkley. Hi. Don't know if he's related to Charles or not. Favorite turkey preparation for you and TV's Mike Meniscalco? Well, I'll leave this up to you.
0: Well, the favorite that I've had is fried. Like a I've just, had a fried a deep fried turkey. Does Bojangles do that? I don't know. Uh, okay. I spent uh, a Thanksgiving at uh, a buddy's. They did it, and they fried a turkey, and it's awesome. I am fearful that I'm going to blow up my house. Right. In the way that 2020 is going, why not? And or I think,
1: 2020, why would you? Yeah. And I think there are videos of that on the internet.
0: Oh, it does exist. Yeah. But a deep-fried turkey is moist. It's delicious. The skin is crispy. It's everything you want. It's great. But- uh, my personal favorite is just throw it in the oven. Throw some butter underneath the skin, little herbs if you want. Uh, don't put stuffing inside your turkey because it slows down the cooking process. It dries out the meat. Interesting. Put aromatics in there. Put some herbs. Put some onion. Put some celery. Put some carrots in there. You can do that. That's fine. That doesn't. And don't. You don't have to stuff it to the gills. Just a little bit if you want to for those flavor profiles. But that's usually it. I do like a little butter parsley mash-up, get it under the skin, put it on there,
1: throw it in the oven, let it bake, and move on. And that's a one-way
0: ticket to Flavortown? Oh, gosh. That is the that is the airline into Flavortown. It's the, the river of turkey gravy of Flavortown.
1: I love Flavortown.
0: Put that on a flip-flop.
1: I... Some of the things that I've seen on that show, I would eat on a flip-flop.
0: Oh, my friend. We've eaten at a lot of those places.
1: Yep. Always recommend it if you're traveling to Let's cities. See
0: if we can get him get Guy on the we get him on the podcast.
1: Okay. In 2021, we will have Guy fietti on Kane's Gas. It's done. I'm in. All right. Let's make we it happen. make it happen. <laughs> All right. We got to get him to a Hurricanes game too when that's a thing again. Well, that'd be the key. Yeah, ring the He's siren. He's never been to Raleigh? I know that that it blows my mind. When when you look at the map of, of Triple D locations, he's been to the coast, he's been to Charlotte. He's
0: been to Asheville.
1: He hasn't been to Raleigh. And he's missing out on a lot of good food. Understood
0: and
2: agreed. Thank you. Thank you.
1: The second part from Travis Barkley uh, will Bill Berniston. This is
2: Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Canes locker room.
1: Allow a Thanksgiving food discussion on this week's pod. Probably not. Has no choice. It's not his choice. podcast. He doesn't get to tell us what to do.
0: It's our podcast. It's actually, it's everybody's podcast.
1: It's the podcast of the people.
0: He can be mad at us for talking about this, but. And he will be. But we respond to the will of the people. If you have food questions for Thanksgiving, we're going to answer it. And Bill, you have to deal with that. That's like if somebody asks you a question about protein shakes or what to eat for dinner as far as staying healthy. Are you going to tell them no? That's food? That's not part of working out? That's not part of strength and conditioning?
1: I'm learn not to touch
0: the buttons once you've changed them over. It gets kind of tricky. It does. All right. So that's, I'm not mad at Bill. I'm just asking if somebody asks him a food question and he answered a food question, are we going to be like, hey, stay in your lane? Yeah. talk about 50 pound weights and burpees which you get after too much Thanksgiving dinner
1: thanks everybody for your questions
0: this has been Cast. question about the Canes or a question about Thanksgiving or how Bill Burniston will answer us answering these questions
1: just enjoying the nice it's
0: a good way to calm acoustic
1: down acoustic tunes
0: I think that'll be it we have somehow gotten an hour and 15 minutes out of this show today and we're
1: thankful for that hopefully it all made sense so this
0: will be absolutely perfect on Thanksgiving when you need to doze off and you just need to get a little something extra going we have that done for you and that will do it for episode 150 of Kane's Cast we're thankful for it let this one wash over you too throwback episode if ever there was one Anything else to add? I think I'm all set. I think I'm all set for Turkey Day as well. So we'll talk to you next week. That means, for the web's Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Meniscalco. We will be back on Monday. Until then, moi moi. Thank you.
1: Thank you all for listening to this podcast. (laughs)